0: South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. We are here to talk about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. So glad to be with you, and uh, so glad to be here with both of you. Glad to be with you too, Tim. I never, I never say that enough, but uh, I appreciate you. All right, let's not right. make it weird. Uh, we are here to talk about the paranormal, and you can do that as well with us throughout the course of the program, 508 You can join us in the chat room at SpookySouthCoast.com or on the Spooky South Coast YouTube channel. And if you are not a subscriber yet to the Spooky South Coast YouTube channel, what are you waiting for? If you sign up and subscribe, then every time we go live on a Saturday night, you'll get a reminder to let you know that we've gone live. So you can tune in and catch the show as it happens. But of course, if you can't, we do put it up after the fact. There's tons and tons of videos up there. And uh, we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcasts of the audio version of the show for you as well. Wherever you get your podcasts. But we love it when you join us live. We love it when you're here with us on a Saturday night as we're sitting in the spooky studio and you are wherever you are. Joining us and adding to the magic of the program. And I'm glad I didn't wear my spooky South Coast shirt tonight, at Monies, because <laughs> we would have been twins. And you know how weird it gets yeah, when and- we both wear the same shirt. Because then people look at us and they say, oh, are you guys twins? Oh, even though we look nothing alike. Speaking of shirts,
1: I hear there's a grapevine that we are going to be getting more, huh?
0: Uh, there's, there's a request for more. There's a request for us to order some and have them up for sale. So I got to check in with our guy with Vinny and see what yeah. what his workload is like. This is the busy time of the year for him because not only does he create all the t-shirt designs and put out all the uh, products for all these paranormal conventions, but he goes to them. Yeah. So he's in addition to having to get all these orders ready, he's also traveling around the country himself. So I'll have to see. And it's, you know, it was one thing when when John Brightman was working with him and helping him out and I could be like, "Hey John, you know, can you" <laughs> Can you sneak out a run of Spooky shirts for us this week? But now it's, you know, Vinny's just always backlogged with work, which is that just is a so sign. Of, him? Yeah, and it's a sign of what good quality he does. I mean, those original Spooky South Coast shirts. Still are still holding up. They're, they're almost about, 10 years old now. Yeah. So we got those in, what, 2009? Yeah. So for them to still be holding up the way they did, way better than those Cafe Press shirts. That, <laughs> God. I still have my original Cafe Press Spooky South Coast shirt. I like think tucked I away too. in a drawer. Yeah, same here. Uh, but I'm just pretty sure that if I ever take it out, it'll just disintegrate. <laughs> Those were not good shirts. And we never got the thong, so we don't know how good quality the thong was. Don't want to go there. But generally, I mean, a thong is hard to wreck. I'm, I'm sure the elasticity eventually wears out, but... Um, yeah. It's not, um, like, it's not like a shirt where you can stain it and, you know, sometimes you... Rip your shirts on a screen door like I do with every single one of my shirts. and Every one of my shirts has a hole in the back from when my screen door catches me. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll we'll order some more shirts. Uh, we just got to check with Vinny. And, and I know everybody keeps coming at us with all these ideas like, why don't you go here and get your shirts from here? And if you go to this site, they only print them when people order them, so you don't have to have a whole bunch of them in stock. And We like to work with the local businesses. Yep. We like to work with... And Vinny's our friend, so we definitely want to work with our friend. And, uh, and also. We actually turned him on we we the to the paranormal too, didn't we? We did. We got him involved in all this stuff. One minute he's making shirts for us through Matt. Matt Coss is actually the one that hooked that up. And then the next thing you know, we get him hooked up with Taps Power Magazine and then poosh, he's all over the there. place. Yeah. And I remind him of that every time. But I'm like, you know, uh, What's the rate? oh, come on, Vinny. You wouldn't be doing this stuff if it wasn't for us. Can't you help us out a little bit? So uh, we will work on that. Uh, also, one of the other things that uh, we are working on is uh, Matt and I were talking about this last week, and I, I had a conversation with a, with a friend and a listener this week. We've been talking about doing stuff with Patreon. We're actually going to start doing that because I've talked to a few people, and they're like, you need to do it because we would support you. I'm like, well, you can just give us money now. Sure, but they like the idea of actually getting something for that money, so I understand that completely. So uh, we will be working on that as well, because I'm um, I'm convinced after the conversation I had this week that it's just we're we're losing the chance to connect with our audience in another way and to have them help us out with the show because people don't realize that they think because you know we're in a fancy <laughs> radio studio and yeah. you know we have cameras everywhere and a big screen TV and all that stuff they they think that you know we must be getting lots of dollars pumped into the creation of the show but it's no we we do this all ourselves i mean these are all the station's cameras now but for years it was we came in every Saturday yeah. night, set them, well, I shouldn't say we, Matt, Matt set them all up around the studio, and I was getting them wherever I could find them, pawn shops, flea markets, yard sales. You know, every time I got a gift card to Best Buy for Christmas, I'd run out and buy something else that we could use, and that's how we kept the show going for years. So,
1: in the recordings we used to do through our little um, four-channel mixing board. Mm-hmm. That,
0: you know, the the website, the podcasting, yeah. still to this day, you know, the podcasting, We every month we pay for that, so... Yeah, you know, it's maybe we can work something out so then then I always say, Spooky South Coast, we are the PBS of the paranormal <laughs> because we need you to help support us and we don't want to go to some subscription model because it's just it's not us. It's not how we started the show, it's not how we built this show and to start doing that now to say to people now, Oh, you gotta pay five or ten dollars a month to get the show just wouldn't feel right with the way that we've been doing things. So this is another way to kind of help out. With that, a little bit
1: us as us as PBS, pretty
0: broke simpletons, right? That is well, well. We're already putting the BS in WBSM, so right. it all works out in the end. And of course, we're also rebroadcast on the Dark Matter Network, and we want to say hi to everybody listening to us there. And I want to say hi to everybody in the chat room. I see lots of folks in there. Oh, we got a we got a big crowd in there tonight. That's uh, we we could maybe maybe we'll hit millions of listeners tonight in over a hundred countries. It's possible. It's technically possible through the internet. So I guess we can claim that we can, we can do that. Okay. It's, it's, it's entirely within the realm of possibility. Uh, I do want to make a little bit of a, a personal announcement myself because I, I put this up on my Facebook, uh, this week and, I am switching roles. If you remember last week, we, we started to get a little bit political in some of our discussion. And I said, I have to pull back in this because I work in the news department here. And I really can't give opinions on on, on political topics and news topics. I have to remain objective. Uh, and, and I mentioned then that that's because I worked in the newsroom. Well, I won't be working in the newsroom in a couple of weeks because...
1: Well, I hope you still don't turn this show political.
0: Well... This just means we can finally do the Trump as a reptilian episode that I want to do. I'm just kidding. I don't think Trump is a reptilian. Actually, we're going to have a guest coming. I up. I suspect he may be a robot. That'd mm, be the worst robot anybody ever made. Like, if if you're going to make like if you're going to make a robot, don't make one one that runs on cheeseburgers and Diet Coke. <laughs> hey, what else is you going to? You I'm not. You know, I don't. I don't, little... I don't mean the worst. Like, I'm not commenting on Trump as a you know cyber person. I just mean in terms of, like, the physical construction of the robot, you made some poor choices. Like, the comb-over is not necessary well, if it's to a robot. What, well,
1: then what's your opinion of, like, Robbie? M- which Robbie? Robbie the robot, the original? You know? Well,
0: the, are you talking the Lost in Space robot, or are you talking the... Well, the, are you talking the... Uh, predecessor? Well, parts of
1: that actually well, came from... Uh, uh forbidden planet. forbidden
0: planet. But are you talking you know but you yeah. also could have been talking about Robbie the Robot from Nintendo, which is my favorite True. robot of all time. True. Mm, well we're we're getting sidetracked. Kind of it? close. I don't know. Robbie the robot from Nintendo, uh Johnny Five. Oh, <laughs> mm. Matt, who's the tie you gotta be the tiebreaker. Who are we going with? Are we going with uh well it's not even Robbie the Robot, it's Rob. But everybody calls it Robbie. Right. Are we so going it's, with it's
2: Robbie the Robot or or Johnny 5 probably Johnny 5 because I mean
0: well he was alive
2: yeah didn't uh, Robbie the robot have to take like those giant like D batteries did he
0: I, didn't, I never got one I never got to have one I've, I've always it's all that I'm missing from my video game collection that I want well then I need I need a power glove but you uh, <laughs> need
2: two power gloves do they have a left handed and a
0: right handed they must have no you know what I think it was wasn't it couldn't you have just made the glove go either way
2: um I'm not sure. And I'm not sure if
0: um because the the controls if I remember right the controls would come off the glove.
2: I'm surprised um the ingenuity of the paranormal community hasn't turned a power glove into a uh paranormal device.
0: we do need we need a power glove for the paranormal. Like I want to like the, you know the right. ghost the ghost arc idea didn't work out so well. But maybe somebody can take the same idea and like adapt it into a power I think it glove. Would work. Like I want to so like an infinity
2: infinity gauntlet, but it, it right. would be like a or a boy
1: if you yeah. for the more updated.
2: Yeah.
0: So you have you have like all your devices like on your power glove, like your EMF detector and your EVP recorder and all that. And then when you point it this way, it can turn into a laser grid. But then yep. you got to hold your arm out the whole time you want to run the laser grid. And a button
2: to call your mom for a ride home.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, and a compartment that pops up underneath where it keeps Swedish fish
1: snacks. Yep, snacks.
2: That's yeah. also That's an perfect,
0: essential, actually. I wanna, Fifteen
1: minutes. That's how long it took for us to get into.
0: I, I wonder if we can get Steve Huff to uh, to create one of those. No, probably not. Okay. <laughs> actually, there's some paranormal equipment developers that are listening that may actually be able to uh, to get that to get that going. So, but anyway, so I was saying, um, I I'd only brought up the the and just to go back to the reptilian thing. We will have a guest coming on in a few weeks who's going to talk to us about his new book debunking a number of conspiracy theories, including the one that reptilians have replaced a lot of world leaders so he just confirmed with me right before we came on the show that he's willing to come on and uh, and he'll be you know as soon as we can work it out with him we'll have him come on uh, but uh, anyway, the reason I brought up the new stuff is because at the end of this month I'll be moving out of the newsroom and I have a new position here at the station I will be the digital managing editor which basically means. I'll be overseeing the content that goes on the WBSM website and the Fun 107 website and the social media for both. Why am I talking about this on Spooky South Coast? Not just to toot my own horn, but I am pretty proud of myself for, you know, finally moving into something where I can literally get paid to sit on my butt all day. Well, I mean, I do that now with news, but I have to, like, pay attention. I'm I'm only saying this for Moniz's purpose. Yeah, I know. for, For his benefit, just to make him... Laugh, and he's not even paying attention. No, uh, <laughs> no, but I, I bring it up because I want everybody out there that's listening to go online, go to the WBSM Facebook page and Twitter account and Instagram account, the Fun One Hundred Seven Instagram and Facebook and Twitter account, and just add those to your, you know, you know, give them a like, give them a follow, what have you. Uh, both channels on YouTube as well. Help me drive up the numbers so that we can uh, have a lot, of, uh, a lot of new people joining up and seeing where we're going, because I will be putting some paranormal content out there, believe me. That's when I applied for the job, I told them, I said, paranormal stuff will be part of what I do, and they're fine with that, because believe it or not, paranormal stuff is very big. We get a, we get a weekly top 11 of some of the stories that are the biggest stories on any of our company's websites, and we're a national company. And so you make this top 11. These are the stories that are big across the entire country. And sure enough, every week there's always one of the different websites is written about a haunted place in their town or in their, their listening area. So this stuff is huge. Even if yeah. we still can't you know walk down the street and just talk about it with everybody that we see people are interested in it more and more 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 if you want to join in and uh we can actually put calls over the air tonight so it'll sound a little better good evening you're on spooky south coast how are you
3: i'm doing well how are you
0: we are spooktacular what's on your mind
3: um quick question and and maybe a little backstory behind it so uh I'm a Boy Scout, I've been a Boy Scout for a long time. I'm, uh, my name is Brian Cornell, first of all. I'm from, uh, Norfolk, Virginia. First time caller, long time listener.
1: Well, thank you for that. Our condolences.
3: Um, <laughs> so, I'm a Boy Scout, I've been a Boy Scout for a long time. I'm currently 34 years old, and, um I, uh, have a summer camp that I've gone to, really all my life since I was six years old, and it, it has, a, um sort of a, haunted kind of a background to it that nobody really talks about they're all really hush hush about it um but they're trying now to incorporate uh ghost hunting into like what what they're doing i don't want to give out any names but some people are really uneasy about it what do you guys think about you know introducing ghost hunting into like a, a scouting aspect as far as learning and Learning history and
0: things of that nature. Well, I don't. I personally don't see any problem with it. I actually encourage organizations uh, to use the paranormal as a tool to teach history. To use it as a way to get, especially young kids, to uh, not only appreciate their history but to have a respect for some of the places that are out there that are reflective of that history. So, you know, for example, we have uh, the Freetown State Forest near here, where. There's a lot of paranormal stuff that goes on in there. And and part of teaching people about that is also teaching them that when you go there, you respect the forest and you're reverential to the forest and you take care of the forest. So I think incorporating that with scouts is a great idea because you're already teaching them to be responsible. uh, You're already teaching them to be stewards of these places that they're going and and visiting. And at the same time, you can use it as a way to make what might not grab their interest from a – a, a, an educational perspective, you found a way to now make it interesting so they're going to pay attention and they're going to not only retain that information, but they're going to go out and they're going to share it with people, uh, friends of theirs, who are not scouts. So they're going to go and they're going to tell these ghost stories with this historical information to other kids that they see in school.
3: Definitely. And that, that would, in turn, actually sort of make our organization grow. But there... are a lot.
0: There is a lot of concern, though, because there's still that mindset that, uh, you know, it's telling a little taboo, right. I yeah. mean, but, but isn't telling ghost stories part of scouts for, you that, know,
3: and that's my opinion. I mean, I, I've sort of introduced it gradually to them. Uh, again, I'm from Virginia. So, um, during our last couple of years of summer camp, we would take a select group of scouts over to colonial Williamsburg and do, they do a ghost tour there. And so we do that. And you know, we haven't really had any complaints about that, but now we're actually you know sort of really looking into that whole aspect of virginia is a very haunted place, and could we really incorporate that with with the scouting aspect
0: i mean i I think it's a great idea, and I think that the kids will enjoy it, and I think that it will uh, only help to because you can tell them all these stories. You can tell them all the historical information you want, but it doesn't always that sink in.
3: That also leads into a portion of scouting is, you know, researching and learning. And there's even like, a, you know, a story in badge.
0: Right. Oh, absolutely. Especially so when... Could all be incorporated. I mean, you could not, you know, not to, to tell you how to, how to do the job of, of teaching the kids, but, you know, you could tell them, say, hey, here is this... Uh, you know, here's this ghostly legend from this area. I want you to, to research it. I want you to find out all the historical information and I want you to write the ghost story, but I want you to include all that information. So uh, I can just tell you that in, in, we, you know, I do a stage show with, with some of the, some friends of ours where we have to do that exact thing, research the ghost stories and actually craft our own versions of the legends. And that makes it stand out in my mind way better than anything that I've, you know, researched just for a nonfiction purpose. You know, having to, to craft that story around it actually helps me retain the info, and maybe that will work the same for the kids.
3: Indeed. I completely agree.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much for the call, and uh, let us know how it works out. Keep us up to date on it.
3: Definitely. Thank you guys for everything you do, and I look forward to hearing more.
0: All right. Thanks. Have a great night. Right. You too. and and that would probably be the only merit badge I would ever earn if I was a scout (laughs) because uh, I'm not really very outdoorsy. I mean, I like camping and all that stuff, but... Well, I I think it's a novel idea.
1: Yes, it definitely teaches them how to do research and stuff like that and um, get a better appreciation of history. But the scouts being an outdoor activity, you know, centralized behind them, I would figure why not a Bigfoot patch? Sure. Yeah. I mean,
0: mm. I think anything that you are doing that keeps them outside, keeps them active and keeps right. them not just in the moment, but also going back and looking into the why and the how yep. is, is a good thing. The biggest complaint that I have about his, and we've we've gone into an argument about this numerous times on the show over the years, is that historical educational curriculums don't focus enough on their local history. You can go to school for 12 years or 13 years, whatever it is, you know, kindergarten through 12th grade. So you can go to school your entire academic career in one single town and never learn anything about your own town's history in all of those years because the curriculum that they're giving you is teaching you, well, you're going to start with, you know, American history. You're going to start with, the colonial era and work your way up to today or and then when you get into high school you'll take some world history classes but you never really get the chance to learn about your community's history and to learn about some of the pre especially here i mean i know it's not the same for everywhere but you know we are we're in the area that the english first secondly came and settled and the uh, english yes right so our history even when we learn it from a local perspective they're still starting with 1620. You know, they're not... I never learned as a kid in school that the English had been here before 1620. I learned that as an adult later on, or maybe in college. But, but did, you didn't get it was about Jamestown? No, 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 here. that they didn't come to this particular... to Plymouth. I didn't learn that they came to Plymouth prior to 1620. Okay. I, I didn't learn that there had been an actual back and forth... From this area with England, and then the Pilgrims came here and settled here. Well, not Plymouth, but Massachusetts. Okay, I didn't, I didn't realize that they had been coming back and forth. So, like for example, I know that Squanto had gone to England, but I didn't know that they had come years prior to the Pilgrims landing, kidnapped Squanto, taken him to England, brought you know. So it's things like that, little aspects of that history that we didn't learn in school. That it was kind of up to me to find out later on on my own and. That's a huge disservice because you're not teaching. You have the history right there to teach the kids. You know, they, they take the kids. We're going to be doing an event next month at the Fearing Tavern in Wareham. They take the kids, the school kids, on a field trip there and they have them walk through and they tell them a little bit about it. But Wareham history is not a big part of the school curriculum. You learn a lot of that stuff on your own. Yeah. Reading books you. later no, on. I gotcha. And so that's always been one of my biggest pet peeves is that. The way that history's curriculum is designed in schools because the standardized testing that they're making all the kids take now isn't standardized if it has to have the Wareham kids focus with questions on Wareham questions and the Plymouth kids focus with Plymouth questions and Des Moines kids have to answer Des Moines questions, you know, it's so it makes it harder to centralize everything and to standardize everything, but that is your best chance to get excited for history is to see what history is around you. So that's a big problem for me. I hate the fact that, first of all, not enough money goes into keeping history alive. And people can call in if they want and fight with me and say, it's more important to get a a road that is currently in use right now in 2018 repaired than it is to restore a building from eighteen hundred we can fight about that but there's just not enough emphasis put on that we're going through it right now in Wareham for example with A couple of, uh, well they're they're through the process right now they're, they're starting the process of they'll be rebuilding the Elm Street bridge because they want to utilize the Tremont nail factory right. which has been sitting dormant now for at Five least, years at least 10 years now I think because um, I think they moved out in what 2005. Well, the big building itself,
1: yeah. But they had a couple of those little office buildings that were off to the side that were still used till about five years ago.
0: I know that there was a uh, I'm not talking the
1: part of the big structures one of the uh, little outbuildings. Yeah,
0: I, f- I forget what the business was. I wanna say I wanna say it had something to do with boats yeah. or sheet metal. But there was yeah. one of the buildings yeah. – uh, I think they're still in – I think it's still in use. But the actual nail factory itself, they're going to be re- yeah. rehabbing years. it and they're going to be doing uh, You know, – they're still trying to figure out what they're going to be doing with it. Uh, but they want to utilize that property and in order to do that, they have to fix the Elm Street Bridge. And they just got a grant from the state recently that should help cover some of the cost but not all of it. But they will be starting in winter 2019. They'll start the work on repairing that bridge. So that whole – I mean, an entire business went out. Of, an entire store went out of business right. because say, limited access. A little late there. now for the country store there, but yeah, but they haven't done anything with it. They haven't sold it. I don't, as far as I know, they haven't even it taken haunted. anything out of it. You so and I
1: both know that that place. Is it
0: definitely a, is. Yeah. So, but those are those are the things that irritate me, and and I can I can preach about teaching local history all night long, but nobody wants to hear that five oh eight nine nine six zero five hundred eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty if you want to call in and discuss anything with us. I want to bring up a topic that was uh, sent to me via message and somebody said can you talk about this on the show? So I want to first of all say hi to Ray. Ray is the one who sent in this question. He wanted to know if we could talk a little bit about haunted dolls tonight.
1: Uh we know a haunted doll or two.
0: We do. And uh and I actually have one. Well, I don't. I don't have it anymore. But in my book, Haunted Objects, that I wrote with Chris Balzano, which you can get now on uh, bookshelves everywhere and on Amazon, and get the ebook and all of that. But we featured uh, a haunted doll in there that was new to the world of the paranormal. We focused on some of the rock star haunted dolls, Robert the yeah. Doll and Annabelle, and yeah. uh, but we also heard from a friend of ours from a listener who said I have a haunted doll and her name is Claire and she was nice enough to send Claire to me and Claire stayed with me for a couple of months while I was working on the book and Claire liked to mess with the heat in my office <laughs> which I never turn on I never I didn't even have the switch set to heat it was the the thermostat switch was literally off because it's just a room off the side of my living room and kitchen And it runs its own separate zone of heat, and I never felt the need to turn it on and and have to run two zones of heat. I always just let the heat roll in. Now, it's it's your backdoor entry, right? basically. Some some people told me that that's not actually the best way to do it, that you want to have your heat zones both on so that it doesn't have to work as hard. Either way, but it's time the heat wasn't on. And I would come into the office, and it would be really warm, and it was because somebody had turned on the thermostat and turned up the heat to 80-something degrees. (laughs) And this was not – this was in wintertime. So Claire was used to the Georgia heat where she yep. came from and was trying to make uh, make my office a little bit more like that. So she stayed with me for a little while and then I gave her back to Jill. And Jill didn't want her in her house. Uh, but Jill's mother won't let her get rid of the doll because it was a gift. And so it now resides in a box very much like Annabelle in a collection of a voodoo priest. So – That's where Claire lives now. Claire's coming up to visit in September. Oh, really? We have the Plymouth Paracon happening uh, the weekend of September 22nd. Claire the Doll was featured on Haunted Towns, which uh, was the show that I just worked on recently. And so we focused on McDonough, Georgia, the town where Claire comes from. And Claire was featured on that episode And because the Plymouth Paracon is taking on a bit of a Haunted Towns theme, Claire the doll is coming to visit, and she will be on display, and people can take pictures with her and all that. And supposedly Jill is going to come up as well. If Jill can't come up, she's sending Claire to me, and then Claire's (laughs) going to be in my care again. (laughs) And I'm not exactly thrilled about that, uh, I'm not afraid of Claire, but I also don't want to be paying absor- uh, you know, exorbitant heating bills again, because back then I had oil heat. Yeah. So Claire could do her worst, and eventually I just run out of oil, and uh, you know she couldn't do she couldn't do it anymore. But now I have gas, so that's. That just keeps coming into the house yeah. and I don't want to open that gas that meter bill just keeps turning after she comes and stays, but uh certainly that's that's my personal experience with a with a haunted doll and and uh, if you read the book you can read about chris Balzano's personal experience with uh with Robert the doll he went down to visit Robert in Key West I have visited him as well yeah you've actually had the chance to kind of be one on one with him yeah like Chris saw him in the case you, you've you've seen him out of the case right yeah. I actually helped him set him up on how'd, the chair how'd, and, how'd that go for you?
1: Not bad. Uh, I have respect for things, and you know whether I believe or not. I can still have respect. So better safe than sorry.
0: Right. That's that. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. 508-996-0500. Well, you also uh,
1: have the Newkirk's
0: that you. We're, right. Oh, we can we can we'll definitely talk about that at some point too. But uh, let me put this call okay. through. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast.
3: Hey Tim, how's
0: it going? Love the show. Uh, going very well. How are you doing tonight?
3: Good. I have a question in terms of uh, the specifics of this show. In uh, well, let's go back to 1963, the original air date of the Living Doll in Twilight Zone, where Teles Savalas was battling an mm-hmm. evil doll possessed, attacking him.
4: Taki
0: Tina. It, yep,
3: that's right. So now we, we we need to go back to: Are there any evidence? of possessed dolls, before this date, before it was inculcated into the national lexicon, imaginary, uh, whatever you want to call it, once you see it and it's in your mind, are there any evidence of haunted dolls before 1963, the living doll, the Twilight Zone?
0: Yep, Robert the Doll definitely was. Take that off there. Okay, have a great night. Uh, yes, Robert the Doll definitely was before uh, 1963.
1: Oh, yeah, and you have voodoo dolls mm-hmm. it going, going back well before.
0: I want that? to say off the top of my head, I want to say Robert the Doll uh, came to prominence in the 1940s, the, the story at least, uh, or at least that's when the story took place. place. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't want to talk out of turn. Uh, I mean, Robert the Doll came into the possession of uh, Robert Eugene Otto in 1904 and in 1994 it was donated to the East Martello Museum so the story would have happened uh, in the early well he he got married in 1930 and that's when the doll really turned evil was when he got married. married so you know we're talking about a story that came about in those times now I would have to do a little more digging to find out exactly when the story of Robert the Doll became public Maybe that story didn't become public until after 1963. But I think it was kind of a known thing around yeah. Key West, even before that Twilight Zone episode. The, but you mentioned voodoo dolls. Uh, actually, I
1: think there was um, a haunted uh, ventriloquist mannequin, if you want to go into TV lords, uh, before 1963. Oh, uh, God, there was a movie.
0: Well, I, I mean, Candace Bergen has said... That when she was little, she would hear her father talking to Charlie McCarthy, okay. and she would hear Charlie McCarthy talking even when her father wasn't around. So, I mean, I don't know how much of that was said tongue-in-cheek, but she she has made mention of that before. So, for anybody that doesn't know, her father was Edgar Bergen, yeah. uh, probably the most famous ventriloquist before Jeff Dunham, yeah, who I think is just terrible. He's a good ventriloquist. I just don't think he's funny. His okay. act's all right, and I like ventriloquism. I mean, I I, I can't do it, I, but I I enjoy watching it.
1: No will in flowers and madam type of person is he?
0: <laughs> I always wanted to. Uh, I always wanted to work on a show like uh, DC Follies when I was a kid because it's like you get to you get to be the puppet, but you don't actually have to learn to throw your voice. Okay. You know, I, I was fascinated with the Muppets as a kid. One of my favorite things that I've been able to do from all the stuff that we do here on Spooky South Coast was getting to meet Mike Quinn, who's an actual Muppeteer. And he's, he's been in, he was nine nub and in Star Wars movies and, uh, he's worked with Jim Henson for, for many years, uh, Jim Henson Productions. And so to, to get the chance to actually talk to a real Muppeteer and find out all the ins and outs, that was, that was amazing to me. But, um, we were talking about dolls. Uh, there was something that we were talking about right before we went to the call, and I forgot. Um, no, no, we so you said, were talking about. I said, well, Claire we'll the doll coming that. up. Ah, that's all right. That's okay. okay. We have a, we have another call on the line, but well, it'll pop into our heads at some point. Uh, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Mm, good evening. How are you? I are you? All right. What's on your mind?
4: Well, you were talking about the Boy Scouts before, and then. Uh, uh, and then you got onto, uh, local history, overlooked, and, uh, and somebody mentioned, uh, a patch, like a Bigfoot patch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it brought to my recollection, a uh, story that, uh, a friend of mine told me when I was in high school. This was back in the 70s. And it was, uh, out in Freetown. And it was on Braley Road. Uh, if you're not familiar with the, you go out to the industrial park, you take a right, you go up, Press set of tracks and you get to, uh, four corners there, that's really Road, corn, left and right. Go so take a right, go down, go over the railroad tracks, about a half a mile, that's where the guy used to live, his name was Bob. And he swore up one side and down another. Right, because he, we didn't have, uh, the phones in those days, and he didn't have a car. So in order to amuse himself out there, you'd be walking around the woods and exploring. And, uh, up one side and down the other. He was out there one night and he heard something. Taking like a small tree branch and banging on a tree trunk with it, two wraps. So he was curious about it. So he banged two wraps back, and then the thing banged two wraps back to him. And this went on for a while, and apparently, uh, I'm not quite sure if I get the story straight, but I think he, he said he said he saw it, and he said it was about 12 feet tall, and he said that uh, when it turned, it ran away. Finally. It left some hair up on the, on one of the branches up around where it was on the shoulder level, and he said it was uh, like the hair of a horse or something like that. But he told me this story a number of different times, and uh, on the one hand, I don't believe him, but on the other hand, I don't believe he was lying. If that makes any sense to you?
5: Well, it does.
0: But I mean, there's been lots of reports of things around. I mean, Monies is out I checking them out all the time.
1: I just got a report from a park ranger in. The Freetown State Forest of a uh, sighting of where this thing ran right in front of him in one of the uh, access roads he was driving down. Was it Bigfoot? Yeah.
0: I mean, and, didn't. Uh, we're
1: talking an official, not just some hiker or whatever. We're talking somebody that manages. The, uh, and is
0: familiar the, uh, with the wild uh, wildlife. Yeah. The Freetown State
4: Forest and yeah. stuff like that.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm not at liberty to say personal names, but, yeah, we did take a report. Yeah.
0: And there's been numerous sightings uh, around the Hockamock Swamp and the and the Taunton area, the Rainham area. Uh, I know Monies. Didn't you mention? Didn't you say that your mom saw one in Fairhaven? Yeah, Haven right before? here in Fairhaven, uh, April 1967.
1: Right, uh, right near New Boston Road. Right. Well, when they were building 195.
0: So, I mean, this area does have a, a long history, and even the Native Americans from this area uh, would talk about them as well. So, is
4: that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This in the
0: Native War. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I know that the mistake that a lot of people make is that you know, hey, we you know, we don't live in in the mountains, we don't live you know, Washington in Washington State or something, right? But right. It, there's there's still been all kinds of creatures seen around here. I mean, there's still Florida. You get reports. You get the time. more flat than that. True. <laughs> yeah. I you you get you get re- reports all the time of stuff uh, in the Bridgewater Triangle oh, yeah. and stuff
1: in the Blue Hills and. Well, the the Blue Hills not as much the historical record of them are definitely well, in the Blue Hills.
0: Not yeah. necessarily Bigfoot in the Blue Hills, but we hear about other creatures in the Blue Hills yes. that don't belong in this area. Correct. Okay. You know the the giant cats that are seen yeah. in there and the,
1: the supposedly extinct uh, Eastern Mountain Lion.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's certainly a lot of high strangeness around here, and but it doesn't. It it's just strange because we don't see it all the time. You know, it's it's. It's part of the fabric of this area.
4: But people report Bigfoot once in a while around here, and uh, the native Americans did too, you say? Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. All
4: right, thank you.
0: Right, you're you're have welcome. a good one. And, um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's something that I think is, is overlooked about this area too, is that uh, a lot of uh, – we can say, hey, you know, we don't know – you know, we have this report, we have that report, we have this report, we have that. We have thousands of years of reports from before we got here. Oh, yeah. if we just pay attention to them. But most people don't. Most people look at the way that the natives looked at this area and they think that because they were, you know, these these paganistic
1: as they called them savages.
0: Right, that I didn't want to use the word, but well, uh, Uh, Saying, no, I know that you weren't, you weren't using it yourself, but
1: mainly because it happened to be part one, but
0: okay. But (laughs) that's the way that they're perceived. And so it's easy to dismiss a lot of what it is that they saw and that they interacted with, but that has a bearing on what we have to deal with today. So if they're telling you that these things were around, there's no reason to think that they weren't, that they aren't still around here today. Or at least something that both the early natives and ourselves are mistaking for a Bigfoot, but like I was saying before, when, when a park ranger tells you that they see something, they're familiar with what kind of wildlife is in that forest. They know what they're going to see when they're out on patrol. So for them to say that this was something like that, they know that it's something that doesn't belong there. And people will say all the time, when they tell us that they saw a Bigfoot around here locally, they'll say, well, you know, uh, it, it, it could have been a bear. Well, that's just as weird around here. I mean,
1: um, yeah because supposedly we haven't had bear around here in uh, something like 80 years.
0: Right. No. I mean we get we get that one bear that likes yeah. to go on vacation to the cape. Yeah. But, but it somehow it goes over the bridge and nobody ever catches him.
1: Yeah, but we any type of, you know, large bear population? No. And I think and I kind of want the know. largest they get around here is like maybe the size of a collie.
0: And 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 I'm cool with Bigfoot being around here because if Bigfoot's here He's been here for a long time, and I don't have to see him if I go out into the woods. He's avoiding me like I'm trying to avoid him. You know, he's doing a pretty good job of hiding himself. The bears kind of bother me because the bears mean now that when I go out into the woods, I got to worry about there being bears out there. Bears aren't like Bigfoot. Bears want to know what I'm doing when I go mm-hmm. out into the woods. So it's, it's almost like I'm, I'm I'm less afraid of Bigfoot than I am of bears. So, yes, please, if you think that it's a bear, that, that's just as freaky. And, and Don't get me
1: wrong. We used to have tons
0: of bear around here. And, right. We just we just killed them all. Yeah, basically. And uh, we drove them away. Yeah. Except for that one bear that somehow just keeps <laughs> going to the Cape every year. I don't know how he does it. Like, there's cameras on on the, on the on the bridge. Yeah. And like you, they will. Whenever he's caught, they'll be like, "Oh, the bear was seen crossing the Cape Cod uh, Canal over the Bourne Bridge." Nobody thought to stop and ask him, like, "What are you doing? Where are you going?" I want to know: Does he take the Bourne Bridge or the Sagamore Bridge? Because there's a state police barracks right on the Bourne yeah. Bridge. Like you think they would see him and be like, "Well, hold on there, buddy." But no, he just. It's, it's or does he wait till
1: the train bridge goes down and you know run right behind possible. the train?
0: He doesn't. There's somebody says that he must swim across the canal, but he, there's no way he swims across the canal.
1: That's rough swimming.
0: Yeah, there's no maybe, way that a maybe there really maybe the there canal. really is a
2: tunnel. Maybe that's
0: <laughs> it. <laughs> But then the question is, does he have the the sticker?
2: There's people out there that have no idea what we're talking about, which is good.
0: Right. We want them to keep thinking there's a Cape Cod Canal tunnel. Cape Cod Tunnel. Mm -hmm. Yes. Don't forget the zip line. Or the 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 catapult. The catapult, yeah, that the Bourne police always talk about. Well, there there used to be a drawbridge. Oh, you're talking the 1800s. Well, when they first. When they first built the canal, yeah. When they in the early, in the the early ditch, 1900s, yeah. when they first dug it out, uh, I mean, there was always a bridge there because it was never just straight full land, right? It was, it was always there was a,
1: that's what they did. They followed. Uh, there was a river there or whatever it was. But
0: when, when they built the canal, when they dug out the canal, uh, was that 1904 or 19? No, it was in no, the 1800s. There no, was it was a, in the 1900s that they they dug it out.
1: There was a first attempt that was done in the 1800s.
0: I want to say 1904, since I'm – we just had – actually, no. What am I talking about? I'm talking out of my ass here. We just had the 100th anniversary of the Cape Cod Canal a couple of years ago. We just had –
1: The way it stands now, yes. uh, July 29th,
0: 1914. They began construction June 22nd, 1909.
1: There was another attempt in the early – Late eighteen hundreds. That's what they well, first started. On. When
0: when they first did this digging, they okay. put up a wooden bridge, and you can still find photos of it. There's still photos of it, and they they had a wooden drawbridge that went over it. And then in the nineteen thirties, when when they built the the as, metal bridges under yeah. the New Deal, and they yeah. were trying to put people to work during the depression, they funneled federal money into building those two bridges that are there now. Which, by the way, you know those bridges are. Almost 100 years old and they work fine. What's the New bradford Fay Haven Bridge's excuse? You know, why is that so terrible? It's a little bit older than that, but still. Yeah. Uh, but so the uh, is that giving an opinion working in news? I think it's generally accepted that everybody hates that bridge. Yeah. Except you know, yeah, people who true. work on it like it, but I think uh, most people don't like it. Uh, but the um, they like it when it works. But you can yeah, that's true. You can you can go back and you can look at like Cape Cod Canal Original Bridge and you can see photos of, of what used to be there. It's pretty cool stuff. When um when the hundredth anniversary of the canal was being celebrated, I wrote a newspaper story about it and I got to see some of the I went down to the Canal Information Center and I got to see some of the old photos. It was it was really cool, like to see just the process of how they did it and just imagine what kind of stuff that they must have dug up when they were digging that up. And uh, for those of you from outside the area who come and visit Cape Cod, right over the canal on the Cape side is one of the most haunted cemeteries in the world. There's that uh, the cemetery right there that uh that Jerry Ellis was the caretaker for. Remember when we had uh, yeah. we did that show years ago. But uh, you can you can still check that cemetery out for yourself. 508-996-0500 877-996-1420 Bart L wants to know when the show starts. I mean, I, I know that we can't be as exciting as the programming on uh, BartLLegacy.com. Bartcoins, I just Bart Bartcoins. <laughs> but uh, for those of you who are interested, if you go to the com site, which is Bart L's new venture, after our show, you can hear a classic episode of Lights Out. Did you ever listen to Lights Out, Monies? The The old, like... 1930s radio program. It was actually one of those. It was like, um, I think I know what you're talking about. It was one of those ones that started off on radio, but it made the transition to television. And it was one of the early, like, paranormal, like, horror themed TV shows. Uh, but it did, it started out on radio. And then for a while, it was on radio and television. And then it was, I think they made films too based on it. I think they actually had a series of, uh, theatrical films. Based on it, which while we're talking about weird films, I got to ask you, William Castle. Are you a fan? Do you know William Castle? Not really. Matt, do them. you do you know William Castle's films? Um, it's not familiar. So he was the director who thought that he was going to be, you know, Hitchcockian by putting himself in his films. But he also put gimmicks in all of his films. So he directed the original 13 Ghosts. Okay.
1: I know 13 Ghosts.
0: Did you know that when it originally came out in the theater, there was a gimmick to it? where you would wear three, like basically 3D glasses that were only the blue lens. And so what it would be is if you didn't want to see the ghosts, you would wear the glasses, or if you wanted to see the ghosts, you wear the glasses, and if you didn't want to see them, you take them off. So the ghosts, when they appeared on the screen, would only appear if you were wearing the glasses. Uh, and he had other gimmicks, too. And um, recently, uh, uh, Sven Gulli showed Mr. Sardonicus, which... Was a really good movie, like if, you know, and it's very over the top and, and goofy, but that had the gimmick of letting the audience decide what they wanted the fate of, of Sardonicus to be. So at the end of the movie, when it's time for him to meet his fate, you would have to hold up a card, and it was a, it was literally a thumb, a thumbs up. And so if you wanted him to, to, uh, you know, I, I, the Garthog- I, I don't want I don't want to ruin this the, the plot line of the movie, but if you wanted him to have a happy ending, you held the thumbs up. And if you want him to have his more his tragic. due get his due, you held the thumbs down. And uh and William Castle on the screen actually counts. He's like, Oh, what, two, three, four I thought he would tell the projectionist which ending to run based on how the audience voted. And I'm just watching this thinking, like, this is so much fun, but I wonder if audiences really believed it. Like as they're watching it, are they thinking it's like? Or were those the same people that that still watch wrestling and like think that it's like not predetermined? Because okay. there are there are some of those people. Trust me, I I dealt with it last night. Yeah, I had people that really thought that I was uh, getting into a fight with one of the wrestlers. So you actually have done that, damn it, you, Thunder from Down Under, Michael Foster. We are going to have some serious words going forward. Oh, you know he. He tried to cheat again, and then, uh, this time I caught him in time, and I let the referee know. For those of you who don't know, I'm the ring announcer for a, a local wrestling organization, and I let them know that I saw him cheating, and the referee actually restarted the match. Somehow the Thunder from Down Under Michael Foster still won the match and kept the title, but <laughs> still, he didn't get away with cheating at least this one time. He he went to go use the chain. See, last last month, he actually used the chain, and the referee didn't see it, so he was able to cheat to win, and even though I tried to protest the victory, they they had the referee's decision stand. This time he went to use the chain, but he dropped it when the ref turn, when the ref turns around and he tried to act like the other guy used the chain on him. No, those tricks don't yeah. fly with me. I watch a lot of wrestling. I know how. I know all the tricks.
1: Let me know when we get to the you know, folding chair and the table.
0: There was a folding chair last night. Uh, Donnie Rotten brought a folding chair into the ring to try to use on Jam and Jack Connor in their match for the House of Bricks Southern New England Championship. And uh, it actually ended up working out so that Donnie ended up hitting himself in the face with the steel chair, so... That's what happens when you try to bring stuff in. Uh, we are just about out of time for this hour. We're going to take a break for the news because we're on the radio tonight, so we'll we'll take a news break. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk some more paranormal, I promise. We'll also take your calls at 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. I just want to let everybody know real quickly that uh, next weekend, if you're up in this area, the Middleborough Paracon is taking place, and uh, you can go and check out all the... You know the people who are going to be there giving lectures. I'm going to be talking about the Bridgewater Triangle. Stephanie Burke's going to be there. Uh, it'll be my first time seeing her in like a month. A month. And uh, Scott Porter from Haunted Towns and Ghost Asylum is going to be there. Great lineup of people. Mark Arvola. Um So come on out to that. There'll also be some vendors. It's just a, it's a great day overall. And uh, and I believe it's free admission. So it's definitely worth coming and checking out. It'll be at the Middleborough Town Hall next Saturday. And uh, if you have some time next Friday night and you want to join us, I'll be at the Smith Harris House in Niantic, Connecticut. It's right. It's a village of East Lyme, Connecticut. We have an event going on there, a spooky night at the Smith Harris House, so that uh, we can help raise some money for them as well. We still have some tickets available for that. You can get those at SpookySouthCoast.com. Get them. They're about halfway sold out, but I think as we get closer to Friday night's event date, that might get a little tighter. So if you want to go to that, try and grab your tickets now. It's a great old historic place, and they need all the help they can get with keeping things going and keeping things alive there. So we're trying to do our part by bringing some paranormal fans in there. And last time we were there, the place was active as heck. So you can get your tickets for that at SpookySouthCoast.com and hopefully join us there next Saturday night. All right, so we are going to take a break for the news. We'll come back on the other side with more of your calls here on Spooky South Coast. Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, and science advisor, Matt Moniz, and we are talking about the paranormal, as we do each and every Saturday night, and uh, as I mentioned before the break, you can actually come out and hear me and some other folks, including Stephanie. Talking about the paranormal next week at the Middleborough Paracon, which will be happening at the Middleborough Town Hall. You can find all the information at MiddleboroughParacon.com, as well as on Spooky South Coast social media, and I'll be posting about it all week long. You can follow me on Twitter, at Tim Weisberg. You can follow the show on Twitter, at SC. I hit 5,000 Twitter followers this week, if I can Whoa. brag. Yeah, that's, that's a big deal for me, because I've been trying to get there forever. And uh, I'm like the least followed paranormal person, but... And, um, I'm just kidding. And, uh, of course, uh, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. If you're in the chat room right now, watching the show, hi to everybody there, go ahead and just click that subscribe button for us. Help us out that way there. You'll know when the show goes live each and every week. And, uh, also in addition to being able to hang out with Stephanie and myself next Saturday, would you want to spend an entire week on a cruise ship with us? Cause you can do that too. That's coming up in May of 2019. We are having the Wicked Waters Cruise, myself, Stephanie, Scott Porter from Haunted Towns and Ghost Asylum, and we're working on maybe maybe another special guest or two as well. You can join us for a week-long cruise from Boston to Bermuda through the Bermuda Triangle, and we're going to have some cool stuff associated with the cruise. We're going to try and do a ghost hunt in Bermuda. We're working on some different locations that we might be able to get and check out down there. Uh, we will we'll definitely will have some sort of group activity to do in Bermuda, but we're also going to have lectures on the cruise itself. Uh, You'll have a gallery reading, I believe, with Stephanie on the cruise. So, and of course, dinners with us, cocktail parties with us, all kinds of fun. Listen, it's not like going to an event where you get to hang out with us for a couple... Like, we're going to be on the ship with you all week long. We're going to be hanging out. We're going to be having a good time. We'll swim in the pool. We'll go in the jacuzzi. We'll spend a lot of time at the bars because the drink package is included with your ticket. So, If you want to take part in the Wicked Waters Cruise, just go to wickedwaterscruise.com and sign up now. For a limited time, you can actually just put $50 down to reserve your spot. And then you have all the way until January to have to make full payment. So you can reserve your spot right now for $50. But if you're going to do that, do me a favor. Use my promo code TIM, T-I-M. Use that promo code. That will get you that $50 deposit to be able to reserve your spot and if you want to use Stephanie's promo code, you can use the promo code BURKE, B-U-R-K-E. But since she's not here, I'm going to promote my own promo code. So there you go. And uh, definitely, there's uh, some of the people that have already signed up for this cruise are people that I have cruised with before. And they are all a good time, and we will have a blast. So you definitely want to get involved with this because there's going to be some crazy karaoke going on. <laughs> There's going to be some really weird late-night conversations by the pool taking place. Uh, we, who knows what's going to happen? And uh, so we'll be on the Norwegian Gem for seven days, Boston to Bermuda, and uh, we will be having a spectacular time. WickedWatersCruise.com. Use my promo code, Tim. How much? I think uh, when all of a sudden it, – it, it all depends on what room you pick because there's different – types of rooms on a cruise ship. So you can have an inside stateroom that doesn't have a window. You can have one that has a window. You can have a, a balcony that has like a sliding glass door that's high enough up yeah. so that you're not letting water in when you open the door, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, but, you know, and then some. sometimes you get rooms that are closer to the, to the front or the back of the ship, and those are a different price based on, you know, because they're a little louder. So there's all these different price tiers, but I think the basic... Uh, priced here is something like $1,300 a person, which is really good for a cruise, for a seven-day cruise. Seven days. From yeah. Boston to Bermuda. And, and for those of you who have never been on a cruise before, because I had never been until a couple of years ago going on the first Strange Escapes cruise, uh I didn't realize just how much it is kind of all-inclusive. So you pay that price, but what you're also getting is you're going to eat. There's a buffet where you can eat three, well, as many times as you want a day, but you can eat all three meals there every day. If you want to have 10 meals, you can have 10 meals. But there's a buffet, there's two main dining rooms, and there's a couple of different specialty restaurants that are all included with your cruise package. There's a couple other restaurants that you can pay a little bit more to go to, but they're not super expensive. You know, there's a, there's a steakhouse where you could go and you can get a nice steak for $18, or um, they, they have a, a sushi place where you can go and get... Sushi pretty yeah, much priced yeah. the same way it would be on the land. Uh, so that's all included, though, uh, as long as it's not one of the extra-cost restaurants. And you can buy an ultimate dining package that will allow you to eat anywhere you want if you want to do that. And if you want to join us on the cruise and you don't drink alcohol, you don't have to take the unlimited alcohol package. You can switch that out for the unlimited dining package and go eat in one of the, the fancier restaurants. Um, but if you are a drinker, you want that unlimited, din- <laughs> that unlimited drink package, let me tell you, because – It's great. The average cost of a drink on a cruise ship is $16. So you don't want to be footing the bill for that because what happens is there's no cash on the ship. So you have a card, your room card, and so your credit card would be tied into that card. So if you don't have the package and you're just handing them that card every time you want to get a drink, that's $16 plus a tip every single time that you get a drink. And then when you get home, you have a $4,000 bill from all the drinks that you drank when you could have just gotten the ultimate dining, uh, ultimate drink package as part of your your cruise package with us. So I recommend doing that if you are a drinker because we will be doing some drinking. That's for sure. I'm not a big drinker, but on the cruise, I definitely am. And it's nice because they have the drink of the day every day that you I've can drink you know, with you before. No. I'm definitely fun yeah, when I yeah. drink. I'm not the I'm not the morose the backyard guy. Backyard barbecue in the is
1: one good example.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So wickedwaterscruise. com if you want to take part in that. I I recommend it. And the very least you get to see me in a bathing suit. So that's going to be all the fun that you need for a year. Is just laughing at me walking around in my swim shorts. I'm not I'm not a very attractive man. So although I'm working on losing some weight, so maybe I could be in a little bit better Don't shape. Don't worry, I mean. you'll find it. I'll definitely find it on the cruise between the buffet and the drinks. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no no doubt.
0: 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast.
5: Good evening, Tim. I happened to just catch a show a little while ago, and that cruise sounds real interesting.
0: It it definitely will be a fun time.
5: It sounds great. You know who this is, don't you?
0: I do. What's on your mind tonight?
5: Well, um, since... uh, one of your talk show hosts cut me off abruptly today. I figured I'd call you and uh, let you know what I'm going to be receiving on Monday. Cut you off today? Who cut
0: you off today?
5: I won't give any names. I'm not...
0: Well, uh, there's only two today, so I had... Well, no, there's three. So, was it... Was it Was it Jose? Oh, no, no. Okay, because he's, he's the guy that you definitely need to
5: talk to. Oh, absolutely. Well, it wasn't Jose, but it was his host.
0: Okay. Well, uh, what, what what what's happening on Monday
5: Monday I'm going to receive everything everything so everything. And, and by the way and I can I can give you a possible list right now
0: everything has changed since the last time that you called into this program you I know it went from being uh, you know millions with an M to now it's is it now a billion with a B yes it is so a billion dollars now you you're um, gonna bankrupt publishers Clearinghouse.
5: no no uh, that's because the state held my winnings only because I had a negative bank balance and they couldn't deposit my checks. So I had a lawsuit with the state, and that's where I'm getting my money from. Wait a
0: minute. So we're giving you a billion dollars. Well,
5: more than a billion. I get, I'm going to figure out what I paid for state taxes last <laughs> year, and I'm going to need it back. <laughs> so so I'll give you a rundown, but I won't give you exact figures on the billions. But okay. I'll give you... I'm getting a brand-new Mercedes S-Class. I'm getting a brand-new Malibu. I'm getting 11 certified checks. I will give you the figures on one of them because this one in particular I will be receiving every month for the rest of my life, $7,000. Well,
3: that's a good deal.
5: And I'll be getting... $500,000 500000 in what they call disposable cash. It'll be in a, in a briefcase locked up. And I will be getting um, from the sweepstakes that I had paid in, they're going to reimburse me all the money that I sent in, and that's between five and $10,000. And yeah. that's going to be cash because they're going to come and stamp all the receipts, and then I'm going to get paid cash.
0: This, this might not be the most important thing on your list right now, but do you get to keep the briefcase that the money comes in? I believe
5: so. Okay, because that would yeah. just be, fact, just be um, weird if
0: they asked you to empty it and then they could take it back.
5: <laughs> in, in fact, um, it's a um, its a type of, uh, to show you technology, it's the type of briefcase that you open with a telephone.
0: With a telephone?
5: And I'm going to keep the telephone as well. well. That's helpful.
0: It's better, too, that it's that, not, not like a thumbprint, because then that runs the risk of somebody wanting to cut off your thumb.
5: All are, right. Are you
0: in need of armed
1: security?
5: Um, let me tell you this. Now, all this is stored away in a storage facility in Taunton. And uh, it's being delivered by my uh, corporate lawyer, my FBI agent, um, a couple of Marines, I believe, and an IRS man. Because all this is well, going to be tax-free. Yeah. Tax-free?
1: Then what do you need the IRS guy for? Well, well, because, <laughs> I know, he's got to sign
6: well, off.
5: Well, because, you see... Um, I had to pay, um, on, the, on the last portion, I had to pay state and federal taxes, but that is going to be reimbursed. That's why the, the IRS guy is going to be, see, I won't be taxed this year. I'll be taxed the following year.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that would make sense because you'll be paying next year's, next year you'll pay the taxes for this year.
5: Right. So you receive- and, and I won't give you the, the figure on the 10 certified checks, but let me put it to you this way. I could probably buy Massachusetts about ten times.
0: Well, I can I can tell you right now, you you, you should be glad for Donald Trump then, because you're definitely in that one percent. That that's
1: is going to be mighty high.
0: Yeah, you're gonna you're and, gonna be uh, in one of those brackets for sure.
5: And I I don't know if I told you, but I am purchasing me and Ed's for my nephew.
0: I, I I'd heard that I'd heard that uh, on the air,
5: and I am. I'm going to be looking for a restaurant tour because I'm also going to buy the Edge, and I'm going to make that a sports bar. But I want to get a, I want to put a a prominent athlete's name on it, and I want to speak with him and his agent and lawyer regarding royalties and whatnot. Um, it's going to be a, a uh, I want it to be a prominent sports bar for the city, and I'll be looking for a restaurant tour for that.
0: Well, I'm retired from that field, so. Unfortunately, uh I'll have to withdraw myself from consideration.
5: Oh, because I thought you said you were well, maybe you might know somebody that might be interested uh, well, maybe i
0: mean maybe i might depends on who the prominent sports star is that you're you're talking to
5: um I haven't spoken to this star yet it's in the works
0: okay you, it, I, I wouldn't recommend o j. Simpson
5: <laughs> no, no. That's far from it. Okay, because people,
0: people might not feel too comfortable going in there and you know right seeing it, the it, steak knives it, on it, the right
5: table. see this Ooh. way, it's a Boston sports figure.
0: Uh, okay, well, hopefully it's not Julian permanent, Edelman.
5: Prominent Boston sports figure, um, and I'm also thinking of putting up Smuggler's Den right next door. And I'm also thinking of running, uh, fast ferries to the islands and to Connecticut. And I'm also thinking of bringing back a potty boat for midnight cruises, uh, the Moonlight Cruises. Cause, uh, that was big when I was 18, the Moonlight Cruise. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that was, a, that was definitely a, a good idea. Deal. And see, it was a good deal for me, uh, even though, uh, Gene Almeida was a scumbag, but, uh, I, uh, I worked with a good friend of mine who used to set up for him, and for me it was a treat because I used to help him bring the, the equipment on board, help him set up. I got paid 20 bucks and I drank free all night. Wow. It was. It was for an eighteen-year-old. It was a dream come true. I
0: I do love the fact that you are diversifying and you're not putting everything into. I mean, with that kind of money, of course, you can diversify. But I like that you are spreading it out so that you're not putting all your eggs into too many baskets. But you gotta just you gotta look at some of the future as well. So it's not just about you know the here and now, but it's the future. I want
5: to sit down with Jose. I'm going to sit down with him and my corporate lawyer.
0: Jose won't tell you some of the stuff that I can tell I, I I will tell you that it's you want to invest in BartCoin. trust me on that yeah
5: Well, like I say I'm gonna I'm going discuss because I don't think I have found anybody more honest uh, in the investment field and tax field. In fact, uh, I was really shocked to find out my parents have their taxes done by somebody, and I was really shocked to find out. They got, they got recently, uh, I think today, today or the day before they got a check, uh, from the, from, uh, income taxes. But their previous one was only like $300 on the federal tax. And I know my parents (laughs) being retired. There's more than
0: (laughs) $300. Well, I can can tell you that, you know, we we talked earlier about all the different spots, the historical spots that are associated with the paranormal field that need money, that are looking for benefactors.
5: Well, that's that's something else I'm going to look into. Uh, Like I told you, um, a friend of mine rented a place years ago on, um, I believe it was River Road in Kushnet, down by the sawmill. mm Mm-hmm. And the date on the on the uh, um, stairway was something like 1700 something and my buddy swore the place was haunted.
0: that whole area is so yeah no oh, yeah. absolutely
5: and and I would like to do something with the forts because right. I would really love to get down there when you go ghost hunting down there. I would we have really the fort love to
0: and and, and
5: can I also recommend the New Bedford armory? Yeah, Absolute, the fact, armory. In definitely. In fact, that's that's a building that I'm thinking about buying and giving it to the um, uh, the uh, uh, National Guard because I went in years ago. I went into that building. That, we used to have the uh, Scout-O-Rama shows in there, and I was amazed. That building has underground garages and everything. That building is so big. I don't know if you've ever been through it. I have, and uh, oh, you the, have. That's a huge building.
1: And, uh, this is Matt. I work here with him on oh okay uh nice
5: talking to
1: you pleasure um the company i'm working for now we were actually thinking of buying it and working uh working and making it a uh a place to build armor and body armor for the military and police
5: Hey, that's another good idea that's a very good well i mean it's it's already fortified so well well well, we'll, minus all the
0: inside work that has to get done though because the entire second floor is collapsed yeah i know Uh,
5: and i I understand that uh, what caused it is the roof has gone. Through. Yeah,
1: the roof that's
5: caused the problem. But. And what I was figuring on doing is I was figuring on buying buy, because I'm sure that where it's got all that repair work, I can probably buy it for, for next to nothing and do all have all the repair work done through different contractors and whatnot. And uh, like I said, I was, think, I was thinking of uh, giving it to the National Guard, but if you want to...
0: I, I wouldn't mind
1: being a tenant and we're, what we're looking to do, we're getting our, our, finalization of certification to the National Institute of Justice. That's what you gotta do. You gotta be, you send your material to them, they certify it and then you can sell it through contracts and stuff like that. Oh. We're getting ready to rock and roll right now. And once we got our certification, which will be in another two months, we're going to be hiring, uh, off, off duty or retired police and, uh, military veterans to help manufacture.
5: Hey, that's great! I
0: like that. So now this is this is all going down on Monday. On Monday, well, you're...
5: I'm, I'm receiving this on Monday.
0: You're meeting with everybody, and you're meeting them in Taunton. Is that where it's going to happen? No,
5: they're going to deliver to my house. Okay. And uh, what I intend to do is, I'm going to surprise everybody at BSM. I think what I'm going to do is like uh, have catered a whole week of coffee and pastries in the morning, and uh, maybe uh a lunch. In the afternoon, either through like uh, uh, the butcher shop or a place like that where they can do uh, like hamburgers, hot dog, you know, outside food. Sure, and I'm all for that. Even, they may even broadcast outside if the weather's good enough.
0: I'm all for that. Now, are you going are, to are you going to keep Chris on? You're not, you're not going to buy us up and, and fire Chris like you've been saying you're going to, are you?
5: Oh yeah, you are. <laughs> yes, because okay. Chris, um, I liked Chris in the beginning. Um, but he, uh, he pulled something on me that I didn't like, as far as respect. Um, he, uh, I called his show when he was virtually doing a monologue, and one of the listeners called up and wanted to know how much I was going to get from my sweepstakes. So I returned the call, and he abruptly cut me off, and then he told me, which I knew the, the ruling.
0: Right. He it is a, it's a one, always, one call per show, yeah.
5: Like, uh, Barry and I went to school together, and I always ask him if I call a second time. I say, well, if I'm going to break the rule, I'll hang up. And he says, oh, no, tell me what you want to tell me. And I do the same with Ken, and I do the same with Phil. And he abruptly cut me off, but he has his favorites. Well, um, but Chris, I, Chris is also new. So well, I, he knows no, he's that they're. Not, he's, he's not all that new.
0: They're keeping an eye I, because on. Because
5: I went, I went and spoke to him in the very beginning, back in the summertime when I first hit the sweepstakes, and he knew what was going on. But like I say, uh, he's got his favorites. He had as as much as I like that Travis Freud that calls, right, and uh, Dirty Deb. Fer- Ferris and never and seems to call a, our and show, but a couple but... others, uh, but. He allows them to call his show... Like, one time, Ferris called his show four times.
0: That's... that's, And he let it go through. That's too much.
5: And, you know, so I'm... I'm, And and then, last week, he started mocking me because I told him I was going to make billions. So, as far as I'm concerned, he totally disrespected me.
0: I I think that's just kind of his shtick. I don't think he means any disrespect. He's just... That's what he likes to do. He likes to goof on people.
5: And and if I... to rehire him, I'll do that on my own. Because he also he also had the audacity to say to me when I told him, he said, "Oh, I'll look forward to getting laid off in the summer." I said. You're not going to be laid off. You're going to be fired. He thought he was going to collect. I told him, I said, you're not going to collect because you're going to be fired.
0: (laughs) I think it's all shtick with him. Besides, he's Congressman Keating's favorite host, so we need to make sure that we keep him around for that. that it doesn't uh,
5: matter because what I would like to do but at the end of this week or so, I'd like to have all the the new um, uh, Republican and independent uh, candidates that are running against our current delegation. I'd like them to be at BSM either friday or saturday and i would also like uh, uh all our city councilors and the mayor to be there too because i with this money i also intend to boost personnel on police fire ems can you replace the bridge that's that would be um, huge well it it's a possibility but i also want to see the sheriff because i want to send some money to build the wall
0: that's uh, you lost me at that one. I'm I'm You know
5: the wall, you know the wall that Trump wants to I do? know, I know, but uh, Well, I, I want to send some money to because I can I can work it out with, with with Trump because all he has to do is you know how these illegals send their money home all he, which he's going to do anyway. He's going to up the tax. So when they send money home, they're going to pay something like 25% or more.
0: Well, the, the sheriff, Sheriff Hodgson, has started a new program. and There's a right. fundraiser coming where you can donate directly, so well, the government won't be paying for the wall. It'll be paid for by private donations.
5: Right, and and you see, what what I'll do is that. But then, if they up the up the taxes on the money they send out, it can it can be like a can, non, it can be like a non interest loan. Can you, you do me a favor to- though?
0: I, I I have a personal request. What's and, that? and 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 and, and I I don't want to have to take any of your money. I I will I will find a way to to pay you back for this. But there's there's a piece of property out in the in in the desert out in Nevada that oh, yeah. uh it's got a it's got a nice house and it's got a shed on it and I'd really like to purchase that property from the current owner. Oh. So, you know, if you if you could see it, you know, see fit to to just float me alone to be able to, to purchase that and there's there's an entire radio empire legacy built into that too. I think it would be a oh, really? Art Bell no, place. No, just,
5: just, 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 I'm turning down your microphone. You know, um, maybe I could float you a non-interest loan.
0: That would that would be fantastic. Well, at the very least, I look forward to getting a week's worth of food, and uh, that's <laughs> all you need for me. And I won't hang up on you, and I'll, I'll I can't well, let you call well, twice, but like I, I will I definitely said, take your well, calls.
5: All of you guys at BSM have always treated me with respect, with the exception of uh, Mr. McCarthy.
0: That's, that's, if he didn't respect you, he wouldn't even take your call. So
5: and, and he's like just, I, it's just, what I intend to do, do you remember open line back in the day? Well, so you're not as old as no, I No, but, but I, you're so, Stan Lip they, and open but, line, yep. But they, but they used to have two people. Uh, Stan Lip, and I believe it was Hal Peterson. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. And when I was a kid, I saw them when they used to broadcast on the bridge. So that, that gives my age away a little bit. (laughs) Well, hey. And, and what I would like to do is I would like to get back Pete Braley to go on with Phil in the morning. And instead of from six to, what are they on? Six to 10? Yeah,
0: Phil's on six to 10. I
5: would like them to go six till noon. And then I would like to get Barry with somebody else to go uh, noon to six, and then have another shift, so that it would be so you wouldn't have to go syndicated all the time. It could be a twenty-four-seven radio
0: station. I'd 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 love to be here doing uh, you know paranormal talk overnight if you can if you can see fit to make that happen.
5: Well, like I say, that all has to come when I. When I get my purchase and sale agreement for Townsquare Media.
0: Now you do realize, though, that Townsquare Media is not just our two stations.
5: Oh, I realize that. It's
0: and and also the other problem is it's a publicly traded company, so there may be uh, you may just have to purchase out all the shares from the shareholders to be able to 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 buy it back. I'm, Jose would know better than I do how all that works, but
5: well, I'll tell you. Like I told you, I've got an, I'm have got. i going to have enough money to buy Massachusetts about ten times. I don't think I'll have a problem with Town Square Media. All right.
0: Well, we'll leave it at that. Thank you very much for the call. Keep us updated on what happens on Monday. You
5: know, I, You know, I'm going to keep you guys in mind. And like I say, you know, uh, there's a lot I want to do for the city. There's a lot I want to do for the radio station. Uh, and most important, a lot I want to do for my family.
0: Absolutely. Take care of them first and foremost.
5: And, uh... Like I say, who knows, Tim, that place you're looking for in Nevada, who knows, you know, maybe uh, maybe things will work out for you.
0: Well, I, uh, let's hope so, but I, I certainly uh, i am I'm thankful just if you drop off some food. That's good enough for me. That's that's all it takes to win me over is food. Uh,
5: that's yeah. not a problem.
0: All right. Thank you, sir. You have a great night.
5: You also. We'll F- be talking.
0: All right. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. 508-996-0500. We could do a We should do a whole show some night of ideas of how we can invest all that money because that's that's a lot of money. and uh, I, You, you got, got my wheels turning
1: the number of different paranormal places, haunted places that could well,
6: really re- use he, that.
0: he had called a few weeks ago. You, you weren't in the studio, but he had called a few weeks ago because he was interested in buying the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast. And I think he got his wires crossed a little bit and thought that the the 92 second street house was for sale because he was talking about it being for 800,000 oh and maple that crop. was maple craft but yeah. now that's been purchased too so uh he definitely you know he has a i think he said his sister wanted to run a bed and breakfast but he's he's definitely a supporter of of the paranormal so uh he wants a bed and breakfast i got a friend that's actually selling one in Marion. it's, it's it okay. doesn't have money it's come on okay <laughs> monies hey uh yeah you're a good person, Monies. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. That caller has now been dubbed Mr. Massachusetts from somebody in the chat room. Okay. So from when he calls in uh, next time, he can let everybody know that it's Mr. Massachusetts calling. Uh, we were getting a lot of uh, ideas in the chat room from people, too, of, of ways that he could invest some of that money. But one of the suggestions that came up was that he could sign up for Parabox Monthly. Oh. Yeah. And with that kind of money, he wouldn't even need to use the special promo code SPOOKY LIVE to get 10% off. But for those, for the rest of us that still have to pay the IRS our taxes and don't get that top 1% kind of special treatment and do want to save where we can, we can all use the promo code SPOOKY LIVE for 10% off at Parabox Monthly. They have. Silk-screened, soft-style T-shirts that are super comfortable, but also have puzzles built into them. Puzzles in the form of codes, ciphers, riddles, numbers, images, or other hidden gems, so you can have fun exploring the design and putting the pieces together to figure out where to go next. You can get them on a month-to-month plan, a three-month plan, or a six-month plan. He's totally going for the six-month plan. He's going all out. There's no contracts. You're free to cancel at any time. So give it a try. You've got nothing to lose. Paranormal themes that they offer on the Powerbox T-shirts include Ghosts and Haunted Locations, UFO Encounters and Aliens, Folklore and Legends, Cryptozoology, and Urban Legends. He's signing up for a six-month plan on all of those.
1: Why wouldn't anybody else?
0: Well, He doesn't need the promo code. But if you do, you can use the promo code SPOOKYLIVE and get 10% off at ParaboxMonthly.com. I, I hope that when he cho- shows up here and he is bringing the food and you know having all the delegation here, the congressional delegation and See, the city councils, I hope he's wearing some Parabox Monthly gear.
1: You know him. This is my first time hearing him. Uh,
0: or, you know the background to this. I'm new to this. We'll, so. we'll fill you in. Okay. <laughs> we uh, we do have another call on the line. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast.
7: Hi. I just caught the latter part of, uh, I know it's Spooky South Coast and I get a kick out of it. I just caught a gentleman talking about uh, the programming at WBSM, <laughs> which generally I like. Uh, I like all the, all you, you people. I like you when you're doing the news. I have one major problem and maybe it's because it's baseball season and the, the first thing I like is I, I love Jim Bohannon and Mm -hmm. I'm glad you have him. Uh, due to the Red Sox baseball, who I love also, uh, it looks like you need, you're using a filler. After you know, if the game ends early,
0: right? It goes. It goes over to uh, uh, to NBC Sports, I believe.
7: No, it goes over to that. I hate to use bad words. I won't use them over the ter- over the radio. Pass along the word, please. Get that Shapiro character. Oh, Ben off Ben Shapiro.
0: Here. That's actually something that that comes from our uh, the network. Provider, so it's the network that actually made the decision to put Ben Shapiro on at that time, and then to have Jim Bohannon come on after him. So I that
7: li- yeah, I, I like Jimbo Bohannon, but that Shapiro, nobody can understand. Not uh, nobody, but he, most he, of the people I talk
0: to, he talks too fast. Yeah, he's very rapid fire in his delivery. But that that's a network decision. So when when the games are over, our system connects to the network and so what the network is running is what the network is running so they're because, the ones that actually made that decision so this is, is there, this is,
7: is can you pass a word my complaint i certainly them? will uh I, i've seen him on fox and what he says might be okay but people can't understand him i don't know why he just talks so much
0: maybe we can get it to come in at three-quarter speed so it's a little bit slower because he, he does deliver very rapid fire
7: Oh it's it, it's terrible I, I, I don't even know what he says half the time. please pass it a word uh, pass it to uh, I know your, your program director is uh, uh, Michael Rock is what Michael Rock Mike Rock pass it on to him and pass it on to Phil.
0: I will do so. Who,
7: I, who I've known for many years. I think he's he, he's a wonderful person. And I also like uh, uh, your, your daytime. I like your station, but I have talked to other people. They, Who is this guy that is on after the Red Sox, or if the Red Sox aren't on, they put him on for a full hour. I don't know what he has for supper, breakfast, or what. <laughs> he is i'm not trying to be funny but he no no I,
0: I, he's definitely I stay, up,
7: I stay up late at night and if i can listen to o oh, bohanan late at night who was very intelligent i stay awake but the minute that i won't use any bad words i it, it's been several weeks of him and i just turn the radio
0: off Well, i will definitely pass it on maybe when our last caller buys town square media then we won't have to worry about that anymore because he's he's going to put a local host on in that spot. So,
7: that, well, I like the local host too. By the way, I like uh, uh, I know his brother Robin I, uh, Richard. I like him also. All right, obviously, I will pass that on. Obviously, you can tell I'm basically a Republican, and even that fast. I, I'm trying not to say any bad words. Even that guy who that rapid fire guy i've seen him on television too once in a while sure yeah know. he's
0: yeah he's he's had a lot of uh, exposure recently
7: yes and i just wish they'd get rid of him as and get rid of him at least on wbsm i don't care where else he goes i listen right. to your station a lot and you know i just happen to catch that we've I'm had a few you.
0: we've had a few other complaints so i will uh, i will definitely pass oh, that on to off, to the management
7: Put something on local. I don't care.
0: I, hey, all paranormal talk, I say, at night. Oh, that yes. works for me.
7: Yes, and I hope you will pass it on. I know these things take time, and and uh, And that. And I'm glad. To, thank you for sticking with me, uh, uh, for listening to me. Well, thank you and, for listening to us. And I li- like your show even now. I'm Saturday nights, I get a kick
0: out of it. Well, so. thank you so much. You have a great night. I will, sir. Take care. Thank you. See, even Republicans listen to Spooky South Coast. And a
1: few, y'all
0: have one on it. I'm just just making a joke. Well, actually,
1: I'm in Richardson's Independent.
0: I'm just making a joke. 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. This is an interesting show tonight. I said we were going to have a, a paranormal potpourri. We were going to have open lines. We were going to talk about a lot of different topics. And, uh, and this has definitely gone in a direction that I wasn't expecting tonight. So who knows where else it can go in the last 15 minutes? That's up to you. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. I, I got to say. What happens when, when you open the lines? You, you, when, when everything that happens here on the station is, uh, is, Above my pay grade. So all I can do is I can pass on the messages. But uh, when it comes to the programming, I, I, I can't make any promises. Because as I said, that comes from – that's a network feed. So we we switched yeah. to the Westwood One network at night. And the Westwood One network chose to change Jim Bohannon's time slot to bump him back and to put Ben Shapiro in there. So Right. It's beyond
1: anybody's real
0: control. Right. If we're connecting on. to Westwood One, that's who's on. So yeah. we can't say to Westwood One, hey, can you – you know, just put Jimbo Bohannon on at that time because we'd rather have him than Ben Shapiro. It's so. a
1: local network trying to tell, you know, the national network, Hey, can you change this guy?
0: So I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I'll pass on the message. Yeah. Who knows what can happen? Who knows what they can, what they can do to kind of switch things around? I know that, uh, when the Red Sox are on the radio, and you want to still hear Spooky South Coast, you certainly can, because we broadcast live on YouTube, and you can jump in the chat room there on YouTube. And we've had a a full house in there all night long. So thank you to everybody for coming in and hanging out with us in there. And if you've never enjoyed the show live, if you listen to us on podcast, or if you watch the videos later on on YouTube, you got to come on a Saturday night and hang out and enjoy the conversations that go on in there. Talk to our buddy Nightbot, who's always hanging out in there. Mm-hmm. Nightbot will tell you some jokes. And if you want to know when we're live, you can just subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow along with us. And I also think, too, that uh, Nightbot's learning, maybe for more for the bad than the good, from some of the people in the chat room. Maybe they're not such a, a good influence on him. Those bell gabbers are in there. Kind of influencing Nightbot, but Nightbot might eventually, like, become full AI and take over.
1: How do you know it
0: isn't already? Well, if he is, he's just really biding his time. Yep. You know, and and Ghosty's in there. Ghosty's in there handing out orbs. Ghosty could become fully aware, self-aware at some point. Then we're all screwed because we say we don't believe in orbs. And Ghosty's just going to keep doling them out. I believe in orbs. Well... We don't just we don't believe that they're paranormal, correct. Most of the time,
1: rarely ninety
0: nine point nine percent of the time. Yeah, there have been some odd ones. Yeah, but you can't really argue with people about it. With some, no. I don't understand yeah. that. I don't understand why. Like, I would never want to have to be in the position. I mean, we get people that send us photos. And want our opinions of them. And I always say the same thing. Here's what I think, but may I put it out to our audience and see what our audience has to say. Because I don't ever want to just give my own opinion about something. Because A, we have built this following and and network of people, so why not get multiple opinions if you can? Yeah. But B, I wasn't there when the picture was taken. I don't know all the conditions. I have to take your word for it. So I'm not really qualified to give you a definitive answer. I can say, here's what I think it is, but I can't tell you for sure that that's what it is. If I say, hey, it really looks like cigarette smoke to me, and you tell me there was nobody smoking anywhere near that photo, I have to take your word for it. Even though to me, I know exactly what cigarette smoke looks like in a photo, and that's cigarette smoke. But there's that little bit of doubt because I wasn't there.
1: You, you're right. Yeah.
0: So that's why if somebody sends a photo, I always say, hey, let me put it out there. And the only time that I ever have people ever say, gee, I really wish you wouldn't do that. Like I kind of just want to keep it between us. The only time it's ever that type of a situation is when it's an orb photo. When somebody sends me an orb photo and they say, not everybody that sends one, but when that does happen, it's almost always an orb photo because they know – deep down inside, that I'm probably right. And if they put it out there and they get 400 people telling them the same thing I'm telling them, then they have no choice but to believe it. But if it's only me telling them, then they can say, well, I disagree, and go on their way. But we talked about this years ago, that as we made the move to digital, maybe a lot of these problems would start to go away. That maybe having higher quality and, 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 uh, and, and better, uh, megapixels for our photos and, and, and being able to, you know, actually check the EXIF data and see if somebody has manipulated a photo in Photoshop. As this technology has progressed, it would make it harder to claim that something's a paranormal photograph. The opposite has happened. We've just had more of an explosion of people claiming that stuff is paranormal when it clearly isn't. Because, Now everybody can take those photos on the camera that's always in their hand or always in their pocket. So there's just a higher volume of photos coming in that are bogus yeah, and a higher volume of people that don't want to hear you tell them when the photo is bogus. So uh, it's my new approach is when somebody sends me a photo and says, hey, what do you think this is? I think I caught orbs in my photo. Yep, it's definitely orbs because it is. But you don't want me to explain to you why it's an orb. I can clearly see that it's a moth. I can clearly see the wings and the body and the fluttering action. But you don't want to hear that. You want to think it's Aunt Mabel. So it's Aunt Mabel to you. That's fine. So I'll just say it's an unexplained orb. Because it's just not worth it. It's not worth trying to teach people... If somebody comes at me and says, hey, I'm a paranormal investigator and I'm you know, I'm learning and then yeah. I'll say, okay, well, I think it could be dust and here's why and here's where you can look for these certain telltale signs and those people are just like, thanks. But when it's just a, a random person that wants to share with you their photograph, there's there's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can just say. I try to go through the same process to some degree with people who go out to – see psychics and mediums who we know are just cold reading them you know if we know that somebody's bogus but they're going out and they're getting these readings done and we know from when they as soon as they start telling us what happened oh what do you mean you told them that you wanted to talk to your grandmother who died why did you go in there telling them that right away well, because I didn't want to waste any time. You know, I want to get right in so you've already ruined it. You've already put that out there and, and now it's easy for them to manipulate you. And again, not every psychic does, but there are ones that do. And so you try to explain to them that they should take that all with a grain of salt and, and they don't want to hear it. So that's why and I've argued with Stephanie about this on the show before, because being a legitimate psychic medium, she doesn't like it when Just the same way, you know, a doctor doesn't like it if somebody's like, hey, I can, you know, I can take out your spleen in my van. You know, it makes a mockery of what it is that they do. So I can totally understand where she's coming from. And I try to say, hey, listen, if somebody goes and it makes them feel better, then what's the harm? But she tells me all the time there is a harm because you're harming what it is that she does. You're harming the energy that's being put out there into the universe. And you are harming that person, even though you think you're helping them. You're making them now dependent on somebody who is a fraud. I, you're looking at me like you're expecting a Trump joke. I'm not going to make a Trump joke. <laughs> That's not... Uh, I, I, will, I will say this, though. Uh, I was watching on Netflix. They have a documentary about Trump. That It's a four-part documentary. It was made in England. It is a little bit slanted, you know. You can kind of tell that they're they're picking on him a little bit. But it's really fascinating if you if you want to go back and see like all the way back to the seventies and see the evolution of of Donald Trump as a person. It's definitely worth checking out. Do I have to? I'm just putting that out there for people. So because uh, I know there's listeners who are saying, "Hey, Tim, was Trump bashing tonight?" No, no, no. Go and watch. We got we got into this discussion, and we only have a few minutes, so I'll I'll bring it up here. We got into this discussion the other day uh, here at the station because uh, Mika Brzezinski said that she heard from somebody that Donald Trump was complaining that he can't watch porn in the White House.
1: I think that was found to be inaccurate.
0: I totally believe that Donald Trump said that. I just don't believe he was serious about it. If somebody said to me, if I was the president of the United States and somebody said to me, so how do you like living in the White House? My response would probably be like, Oh, that's great, except I can't watch porn. And I think that that's kind of how it was. I think it was a joke. Ah. Uh, you know, just kind of like goofing around, and somebody took that to be serious. Oh, so, uh, Trump taking that out of context? No. So, and, and bringing it back to the paranormal now, so if he can't watch porn because there's Secret Service all around all the time, can we watch porn if there's ghosts around all the time? think about that later on tonight here's one do ghosts watch Paul? I, I don't think that they would have to I think it's like you can go to where that stuff is happening I mean unless so is
1: our ghosts of all years
0: unless you think that uh, they're trapped you know where they're trapped and they can't go other places. Like, maybe we hear a lot of stories about like haunted brothels, oh, yeah. haunted strip clubs. Um, you know, the, the bar that we used to drink at used to be a brothel and was oh, haunted yeah. by a guy who died in the act. So, what was his name? Frank? I actually saw him. Was his name Frank? Was I don't that his
1: name? Something like that. Yeah. I was stone cold sober and I watched him walk right through the wall. These two other people playing pool. Thought he was a real guy, and the only person that actually said something was the guy that was hammered. Did you see that? And we're all like, "Not the best uh, uh, witness." But, but the point being is, right? All of us were sober, and the only person that said something was the guy that was smashed. So I was like,
4: "Whoa,
0: yeah, that was uh, that was <laughs> that place was wild." It was pretty interesting when you've got you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give away any uh, affiliations. We'll mm-hmm. say. But when you've got bikers standing around telling you, "Yeah, this place is haunted as hell," <laughs> and mm-hmm. you're like, "Okay, tell me more. I kind of want to hear this story now." Uh, but
1: uh, why do you think I would love working there?
0: And it's it's still a restaurant, so I'm sure they're still having experiences there. I just I just don't go there. I've I've never been there. I've heard good things now under the new owners, but I've just I've never been. I, I've been. It's actually not bad. It's uh, it's certainly you know, the same setup as it was before, more Roughly. or less, like, yeah. you, you know, you're still in the same building, so they're probably still having experiences. The only thing is, is that, you know, we always want to get up to the second floor, but you can't because it's all the heating ducts and everything. I've been up there. But you can't really move around. Uh, not, yeah,
1: you got to step over all of the ducting work and things like that. Yeah, yeah,
0: well, maybe maybe the new owners will let us do a real investigation there. Want me talk to him? We could just wait for Mr. Massachusetts to get all his money and we can just buy it. <laughs> then we can, we can just – we don't need permission then. Then we can just go whenever we want. All right. Well, that does it for this week's show. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with more paranormal talk. Definitely – well, definitely more paranormal talk than we had tonight. And we'll find out if Mr. Massachusetts collected his, uh, his billions. I just I, – I didn't ask the one question that I really wanted to ask. And that was? Why a Malibu? Hey,
1: nostalgia, maybe something he had as a kid.
0: I I don't know. Like, if you're gonna get a what do you say, a Mercedes S-Class? Yeah. So you're gonna get one of those, like, and a Malibu? Like, go for. A,
1: How do you know he's not talking about an old Malibu? You know what? You know, like an like an old classic. Like, a, I'm
0: I'm just throwing this out there. If 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 he if he if he, if he wants to buy a, a car, you know. They have the new Dodge that's gone even beyond the Hellcat. They have the Dodge Exorcist. Really? Badass. Yeah, well, it's the Dodge Demon, I guess, but it's the yeah. Exorcist edition or whatever. Yeah. Badass. You know, if he wants to drop one of those off here, I'm so... Anyway, that does it for this week's show. I think that's called Paola. I don't think I can actually actively ask. No, 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 he's a listener. He's not a business, so I think I'm in the clear. But isn't he going to be buying the place? Well, that is my know. boss that 's just a bonus okay that 's a different story. all right, so that does it for this week 's show. Uh, if you want to catch any of our previous episodes, you can find them all on YouTube or wherever podcasts are found. We have over five hundred episodes uh, just about what five hundred and forty now is tonight 's episode, so you can find them all online, all free, all for your entertainment and your enjoyment. Most of them will be entertaining and enjoying enjoyment enjoyable. <laughs> And you were an English major? Stay spectacular.